Hi. Before we begin, I would like to give a content warning. In our discussion related to a couple of movies, there is going to be topics involving sexual abuse and drug usage. I would also like to give a spoiler warning. We are going to talk about the plot twists of Promising Young Woman, so if you don't want to be spoiled for that, I recommend watching the movie first before joining our discussion. That said, enjoy. Hello. And um, this time we are going to do a little bit more uh, free talking. Like, I, we don't have like a, a long discussion of uh, one specific movie, but um, so we are going to talk about probably like several other some movies that we have seen lately. And uh, we thought about um, starting off with uh, one movie that uh, was connected to our previous uh, best of list. But not in a good way, because this was uh, one of the uh, movies that uh, irritated us a little bit more. And we are talking about uh, Emerald Fennel's movie, Promising Young Woman. Uh, we we noticed that when we were talking about it and during the list and stuff, it didn't, of course, make our list, but we had uh, stuff to say about it. So we wanted to kind of uh, dedicate a little bit of time. Well, Emerald Fennel was directing and made the screenplay, mm-hmm. yes. which won an Oscar. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was one of your big gripes about this film, indeed. And uh, yeah, I was a little bit of shocked when I heard that you said, indeed, that it's... It, uh, because the one thing was about it that when we were watching these films uh, for t- 2020, the Promising a Woman was very prominently, like uh, among the like uh, must-see movies. It was a, it was a very very had a very big uh, um, spotlight in the Oscars, and everybody was saying kind of how good it was and uh, all of this stuff. So you know, okay, you and get you- interested. And no critics I read that were bad. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was praising it. So it felt very promising, you know. Yeah. Uh, pun, <laughs> pun intended. And so I was, yeah, very excited to... And it, but it was for a long time I couldn't see it. So it was very hard to get. And then uh, finally at the very end, like just before we made, uh, got to do the list and everything, I got to see it and everything. And I was really shocked how... how like uh, in one hand very average it was it wasn't really that impressing impressive movie but also how there was this a lot of uh pitfalls in the script and in the whole execution of the film the whole film was one pitfall <laughs> i saw only two s- small scenes there be- in between which were good ah which one which were the good scenes? ah one was in the shop in the shop with Bo Burnham, 
this Kerry Mulligan were in the shop, and Bo Burnham started to sing. So that song, I think, was very nice. <laughs> and uh, then in the end part, when she went, when she was at home, she lived with her parents, and she was in the parents' living room, very kitschy, kitschy romantic living room. Yeah, very weird. I had rarely seen some so kitschy romantic yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And in its own way, it's kind of a scary great, <laughs> that, <laughs> that living room, but who can live there? And uh, there came this cool friend of hers to visit, and there was no explanation. She didn't explain. That was a good part in there. She didn't uh, ask, say that she's sorry about this this place, this living room. Oh. <laughs> she just asked the friend in, and it was... Uh, so opposite because they of of the subject they were mm. talking about um, mis mistreating women mm. mm -hmm. and then on the other hand there was this uh, romantic kitsch thing where they are in mm -hmm. so that I liked very much this this contradiction oh, okay that's the two scenes which I like in that film yeah. But that was a very unfortunate choice to take her in that lead part. Mm. It's not. It's not successful. Yeah, you weren't so, convinced of her as an actress in the in the in the role. Not in that film. Yeah, you see, you mentioned that it wasn't that all this like drunk acting and every all of this wasn't really that. Yeah, when she was acting drunk, then we believe she's drunk and so on, but. Then the way she came out of the drunk, it was very unfortunate, really ridiculous. It's uh... yeah, and I think it's it was this problem of in the in the general style of the film, yeah. how they how they choose to edit and how they choose to visualize like um, uh, dramatize those moments because the whole yeah. so it's the idea that she takes uh, like um, men, he, he she acts as drunk and then he takes men to to. She goes with men and predatory men, and then she she re reveals that she is not drunk and she's actually very. And then she kind of puts them on the spot and. Yeah, but, the whole style of the film was wrong somehow. Not. Yeah, like it 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 advertised itself as a thriller, and it it is supposed to be a psychological thriller, but most of the time of the film, there's nothing thriller about it. Yeah, actually. I was thinking that maybe if it was done in a style like what I could say, like delicatessen. Yeah, if it, if it really goes come only into the black comedy, like it understands its yeah, own black, black comedy. comedy and, and, yeah. and... I think that they went too serious about this, because it's a very serious, the subject is very good, you know? The mm -hmm. subject is really good, and that's the only thing maybe good in that film, you know, this... But... No, to go into that way into it, to it's really, it, there should be some, even if it's wrong for me, if it's wrong for me to say, I don't believe it's wrong for me to say, but to you have to make it light in some parts, to have people some, you can't <laughs> bomb them out of, out of uh, their life spirit, you know, with all Yeah, that. are you referring to the ending? Or? No, the whole thing, oh, like... Okay. Well, because I would say that I, I have a kind of, uh, not opposite, but kind of a more 
nuanced opinion about that is that in my opinion the movie has a kind of an identity problem where it doesn't know really if it's supposed to be very heavy very serious or more light black comedy because when you watch the trailer for example um there's this very peculiar way of it's how it's trying to market itself where the the trailer tries to make it and the posters and everything and the whole premise tries to underline this horrifying thriller aspect of the film like the trailer puts you uh, guides you through the whole premise that okay he like like he it gives you a kind of scenes and examples of that she goes home with these men and then see they they find out that she's really not drug and it's this kind of thriller aspect of it but the, the the what the trailer does very kind of peculiar like very cleverly is that it avoids uh the 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 results of that the what what the, the what happens after they they are they they find out that she's and they they all the time kind of show all uh, they 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 hint to something dark they hint that she's like giving revenge and yeah. they kind of gives it but it never in the trailer it never really like it cleverly it doesn't materialize avoids it. so in the yeah. movie the problem is that all of this it's horrifying what's happening but it never really goes to the complete um uh logical steps of that like in in both ways like it, it doesn't the movie never really owns that thriller see never most of the films he doesn't do anything to the men she yeah. just tells them that she was not drunk and yeah. kind of questions them and then she leaves and yeah, nothing happens know? to those and then they are and, and so most of the time of the movie you you start to kind of just question why is he even doing that yeah. there's you, you st there starts to be this void in the movie itself where you are not any more clear of what what is the, her end goal of yeah. all of this stuff and no, what is if it's not even actual revenge of it and yeah. so i was really missing you not know, the Coen brothers in this film because mm. You know, the way they handle these kind of difficult criminalities, mm -hmm. they do it really perfect, so you believe it. And you even, you you just love the films, how it's done. And mm -hmm. once it was this George Clooney, he's been, he's been trying to make directions also, if, filming, directing films. Mm -hmm. So once he did a corn screenplay, with Matt Damon. Mm -hmm. And I even went to theater to look at that film because I had the good names who who know what they're doing. So completely misguided direction. Mm -hmm. He had understood it, not at all like the Coen brothers do it. So here I felt the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also it also reminds me of how, for example, like Paul Thomas Anderson would handle comedy and tragedy within the same film like this is something that 
it's very very difficult to do to do yeah. a black comedy like Delicatessen and then to a very serious thriller like David Fincher would do like a serious thriller where you are really gut punching like um, yeah. a Gone Girl which is like yeah. really puts you into the spot and if you are trying to combine those you know to do like mm. a satirical thriller take or something it's very difficult and a few people understand really the implications of what you have to accomplish in those scenes but isn't it uh, Fargo like that for instance there is also Cohen brothers also understand that they understand the, the satirical comedic aspects and whenever violence the, yeah. the implication mm. of the, the seriousness and weight of violence what it actually mm. means and in Promising Young Woman it doesn't really understand no. the implications no. of violence what it actually means in one she hand, lost the whole yeah, chance in one hand I, th I think it's very dishonest uh, and kind of avoids certain issues is that during any of those nights that she has done those uh, she never she never performs any violence against those men and men never act in in any way towards like she always just walks out and it's always they left are just kind disappointed of... the men are disappointed what i want to say about this violence in this film is that it there's this absence of violence that is never really addressed except which is also very uncomfortable and strange that there is violence never against the men but she's very comfortable in abusing other women for her cause she kidnaps one girl and makes her mother believe that she's being raped gang raped at that moment and the other one she drugs and makes her believe that she has been cheating on her husband yeah. uh, and being abused during the night and these are all fine apparently for her cause that what she's trying to yeah, prove. Yeah, that's what was and bothering me. It, there's yeah. this very weird. How, why does the director writer wants to put attend, give attention to this this way to this issue, and then the ending itself is like one big, like mess of this 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 specifically this identity, whereas much like Coen Brothers or Paul Thomas Anderson, who really can balance that comedy and violence uh, we we have this scene where it finally ends up to this uh, death of our main character that's the whole big climax end of the thing and the the it's very strange for me because the the director herself said that she I mean they were interviewed and everybody concentrates on this death that it was so horrifying and now it's suddenly a comedy about these men trying to get rid of this body and it was really weird shift it didn't it's, that, because the, it's it's not so comedian stuff the the director said that he she didn't feel comfortable uh doing a hollywood ending that was her goal like she said that she wanted to write a kind of empowering ending and stuff but she couldn't be that wasn't honest in her opinion that she would survive, that she had to die in that spot. But to me, that's, that's a weird I, uh, weird thing to say because the movie has a Hollywood ending. Because after yeah, that, it, mm -hmm. there there's this whole uh, wink 
like literal mm. wink in the message that she sends to Bo Burnham for uh, from all people. Why him? Why Bo yeah, Burnham? Why? Yeah. That that she set it set all of this up, and she made sure that if she's getting killed, that these men will go to jail, and that was the big, big win of the movie that we yeah. have to leave on is this wink of her beyond the grave. That aha, I got my revenge after all, and it's just uh, you, you're left with this other like it's confusion. completely flat. What? Why? Like. Yeah. I don't know, this movie, I didn't really understand this this uh, issue, I think, at all. But yeah. Strange. I was so really baffled. It's, definitely it's not worth of the Oscar screenplay. Yeah, definitely not the screenplay, but and also, yeah, anything, but indeed. So if, if, if we, so that's all we want to say about that, but if we move on to another subject um you were talking about in your movie list of 2020 you had uh to my big surprise you had sopranos oh yes <laughs> because it's it's a series and definitely not 2020 <laughs> um but you watched it during that time and you were very like you love it it's your it was a perfect for epidemic times i was at home and I could watch all the seasons one after the, I think, was it six seasons or <laughs> over 60 uh, uh, parts. Mm-hmm. I, and I realized that, uh, that it's the best series ever. Yeah. It changed. It changed the, the world. Yeah, indeed. It's, yeah. A, it's yeah. a very highly influential series. And during that, the... The interesting thing is, well, I I mentioned during that that episode that uh, there is this uh, movie came out uh, last year actually. Segways quite nice with Sopranos. Uh, a movie called this year called Many Saints of New York, which is a prequel movie uh, starring um, star, star, uh, starring James Gandolfini's son Michael Gandolfini as the young Tony Soprano. Yeah, and the main part was Alessandro Nivola, as he as the kind of uncle of his, yeah. the father of Christopher Moltisanti. You know this. <laughs> Is the uncle from the Sopranos series? Yeah, the yeah. kind of okay. uncle. I think I don't know exactly if they are relatives, but they are the mafia family. Yeah. So so you watched this actually now? I watched the... it yesterday. I watched it. Because because you mentioned it and I'm interested in soprano, and uh, you want to hear about what I think about yeah, it. Yeah, so you had you 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 were talking about that you have like stuff to say about it, and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very interested in in hearing what you were. Yeah, yeah, and I can't really spoil it from you which way I go. I it's it, you mean there's there nothing not, to spoil. Nothing to spoil. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, prequels are like that usually. So, so it's a prequel. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's prequel, but it's not really a prequel. I, it's uh, not. To me, it was a big disappointment because they could have done it something. It was missing desperately. Um, Scorsese, this film, as a director. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. No, 
Martin Scorsese would have done something really good with it because mm. it's a, it needed to be a mafia movie. Yeah, so it and is it? Or? It talks all the time about mafia and they go on killing each other and everything there, but, but it's not a mafia movie because ach, it's another mess. After mm -hmm. this promising young woman we talked, this one is another <laughs> mess because it's really what they have done, they have gone into some kind of a trap here too. They say that the star character is this um, Dick Moltisanti, which is Christopher Moltisanti character's father, this Alessandro Nivola who acts. Mm -hmm. Very good he acts, everyone acts very good, but in fact it's about the black mafia. Mm -hmm. Black people, there is a, in this New York where they live, they, there's also black people and they turn into telling us the story of these black people in New York. Not about, so much about this, uh, this poor boy, this Michael Gandolfini, who mm -hmm. is exactly looking like his father. Marvelous boy, mm -hmm. really nice. It, uh, nice, he could be starring this film, but he's not. He's just pushed aside, and the, the, they concentrate on showing how the black mafia got to be. Mm -hmm. What does it have to do with? It's okay as a film, but don't tell me that this is the, the prequel of Sopranos. <laughs> it can be, it's okay to make another film on this, and then make another, let's see, Scorsese or somebody giving us the real story of Tony Soprano. Yeah, okay, yeah, because it is advertised very like, like uh, you, you have this poster, Many Saints Newark, and who made Tony Soprano? Like it's really yeah. about, it's like, it's like uh, Anakin Skywalker from the Star Wars prequels, that's yeah. how I so imagine it. So it's not, it. it's not, this poor boy, it's, I feel so much for him, he's, he's really acting well, and he's mm. very amiable character, but, no, well, I will not go into, you have to see it yourself, what, the, what it looks like, but mm. I think they went into a kind of, they thought that nowadays, have to every movie has to have the black point of the the the, the, the happenings issue or the, the, the issue yeah it happens in 1960s 1970s like it's 1967 riots in there in mm -hmm. new york what happened so the, now they've taken to the task these filmmakers to show what the black people did on that time Mm -hmm. Mostly. Mm. It's very interesting, but then I want to see as a different film and not as a Sopranos. This yes. is, I refuse, this is not Sopranos. There is, a, there is for sure a spike in a lot of like uh, black history and black experience. Um, yeah, to, uh, yeah. Movies and stuff. And so in, it sounds like it, it sounds like this also wants to kind of uh, contribute in its own but way. But be honest same. about it. Yeah. Tell us. Okay. And this a very good actor, this black guy, this Harold guy, Harold character. Mm -hmm. Very nice person and good actor and everything. I think he was, he's, um, 
Leslie Odom Jr. Such an actor called Leslie Odom Jr. Good actor. So, but so it's sounds, his film, in fact. But it sounds like it was. It's yeah. It sounds like you had kind of a raw, like a different expectation of the film. Well, so, I believed them. Yeah. So, so what if? Uh, so you said already that what if they would have. Um, um, advertised, uh, marketed it more clearer that it's uh, about that black experience in New York. Issues exactly there. Or black his- history. So would you would you have enjoyed it more as yeah, exactly sure. like how it is? No, not uh. exactly as it is because then they would have just drop off this Gandolfini, drop off this sopranos from there. But isn't, it, but isn't it also like, I mean, thinking of like, it says historical that those soprano mafias also existed there. Yes, so it's just but a they kind could of a be sec- on the side. It's just, it's just yeah. a frame mm. to to observe it from that, okay, we have the sopranos and there's also these other mafias and then kind of talk about that. Yes, you're right. But think about it. If I have seen, so was it six? Also five, six maybe. So I've seen all of them, and on all of them, this Gandolfini, James Gandolfini, the Sopranos is very racist. He's really boldly racist, and he hates Jews, and he don't keep this appreciate at all anybody who's a Jew or a black or anything like that, and bold with it. So how come here suddenly we are just opposite? Ah, they weren't like that? He never said nothing about here. Mm. Yeah. It cannot be. It's not logical. It's not a story, good story. Mm. Storytelling. It's also this when I compare this this many saints of New York to, to Scorsese's The Irishman. It's not fair at all to, <laughs> to do it. But if I compare that, it was a good storytelling. Everybody in its, its place, the things happen, sequels all the time. It was perfect. Irishman mm. was perfect. So there it's a mess. They just go around and shout and kill each other and uh, no point really. Okay. Yeah. It has to have a story. And and it's a big lie that that we are telling you about the young Tony Soprano. Mm. He is there, but he's just it's spoiled for for this character. It's, uh, they, I mean, they they spoiled their own chances to have this wonderful actor, this Michael Gandolfini. Mm. Uh, maybe I, I feel like maybe we could have maybe we could have in the future more of soprano stories because the this movie its name is The Many Saints of New York but it has this subtitle apparently that says a soprano story in similar way of how the Star Wars franchise where they have this main canon trilogy um sequel trilogies that came out and between those main movies that they were making they they released and made 
kind of smaller stories. Uh, that's where they they subtitled a Star Wars story, and they were kind mm. of you know they, they they gave them the ability to kind of move around and the other stories and not the main story. So you had um, the Rogue One, which was like a side story of the first New Hope film. Uh, like what happened with these side characters while the main characters were doing that? Oh, yeah. you know? so but of. isn't it kind yeah. of a bad mess? <laughs> yeah, well, in the Star Wars, it is like it's a funny concept of that you have this uh, Star Wars story and then you know. And well, then, yeah. But, so, so. But yeah. Where it works is this this kind of thing. Where it works is the this um, Breaking Bad. When they have aside this, um, yeah, better call Saul. Better call Saul. There it works really well. Yeah, well, better call Saul became as prominent as the original. It's 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 it it, it uh, holds up on the same level. It, it, I don't know if they it... even intended it to be that great because it. Of course, in you know, the in the first hand, it sounds not. like a spin-off. Yeah. But yeah. then it then it really proved itself to like they somehow got into that character and they the writing kind of takes and over. The and the actor was so good, so good that mm. they couldn't miss it. So here they have another actor in their hands. It, but this, so that's what I mean. It's like this is a movie. Uh, this is not a spin-off series. You know, it's yeah. a different world. And this is a movie. So the, the, to have a soprano story, which they clearly. It feels like it's adapted from a Star Wars story. <laughs> um, it sounds like it could give you this. Them, it could give them this kind of sideline framing of to have other this type of story. So maybe we get Michael Gandolfini more. That's I my hope point. so. Yeah, because so. he 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 is so nice. So I I saw I I I haven't really watched a lot of movies uh, lately, but I did so I, I I was focused now after our list of films that we that we watched uh, for 2020. I watched so many movies that I I kind of intentionally moved away a lot of series. So now after that I'm kind of concentrating a lot on series, and uh, I watched this um, Netflix uh, hit series Squid Game. And mm -hmm. I don't really want to go into it too much, you know, like uh, you, you said you are not so interested in Squid Game. No. Yeah, and it's a very, it was very entertaining. I, uh -huh. I you watch it for the mystery and the kind of, I, people oh. talk about the games that they have and, you know, and we have a sequel season with more games, but I'm not so, to me it was the mystery. Oh, now you make me interested in it. What are you doing? Yeah, there's a mystery into it. And when oh. you start watching it, you are kind of hooked. Like, oh. why? What is What is the... You know, but it's it's not a satisfying conclusion. I don't like ah. the ending so much. It's, okay, it's, so... It's so a little okay. bit boring Thank you very in much. the end. It, it, the most interesting is the beginning when you don't know why this all yeah. exists. Why, what's happening and... Yeah. But uh, and then you have the problem that when you start re re uh, re revealing, it has to be 
it should it uh, better be satisfied and it's not <laughs> it kind of starts to fail slowly uh-huh. the more it reveals itself but the most interesting that nobody has mentioned yet um, i haven't seen, because there's a lot of it's very popular so there's a lot of jokes and memes that i i read going about around yeah. but to me the most interesting thing is that um the squid game opens and then there is this game and there's all these players in this squid game games and everything and then there's this one old man character uh who is like the only real elderly character in the series and stuff and it's like this guy looks very familiar like I've I've seen this guy somewhere before, and it's like he the character is like very poor, and he uh, participates in these very violent, horrible games, these squid games that happens, and I'm like, whoa, this is a very very uh, somehow very familiar actor. Why 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 do I remember him? Where do I remember him? And I suddenly hits me that this is the same old man. The actor who plays the old man in Kim Ki-duk's Spring, Summer, Fall, Winter and Spring. Really? The old monk from the beginning of the film. Yeah. This very calm, wise old monk from that temple from the middle of the lake. So it's a long time ago done film, so now he's really old. Now he's even older. Older. (laughs) Because he was already old in that film, but and I, so I was really shocked and surprised. Like, whoa, it's the same guy! How it's so strange to see him again. And because I haven't, of course, he, he doesn't even have many. Like, he did spring, summer, fall, winter, and spring. And after that, he did a series in two thousand nine. And then now in two thousand twenty, so. There was only one other show acting that he did between those films. Oh, I wonder uh, it, what he did. Yeah. And he was so, praying on the mountains or something. <laughs> and I, I, I really don't know how Koreans audience see this. You know, Do they yeah. know him primarily from that? And how known as an actor he is? Is it a big thing that he is in the Squid Game and all of this stuff? But it, it was very important for me because I love that film, that Kim Ki-dong yeah, film. Yeah. And he re- it's burned yeah. into my mind this monk character and you know every detail of that film so it was very strange to see that monk participate in these games you know like this is his this is where his life went you know after that temple (laughs) (laughs) you know if they're if the universes are connected it sort of it, it sounds a little bit like this document on the the most beautiful boy in the world this Bjorn Andresen who was in the mm-hmm. Visconti's uh, this um, Venice death in Venice, mm. and then he acts now in Midsummer. Yeah, then he was in Midsummer. Yeah, that's the old guy story. in Midsummer. Yeah, never would have guessed that. That's the boy from Death. Never in guessed. <laughs> was it twice? I've seen that film twice, and I didn't know that it's him. Yeah. But he's still beautiful. In that document, you can see this old man. He's really old now with the long hair, mm-hmm. and he's beautiful. Mm. It's a it's not, somehow the beauty stays in the person. 
So you have something more, more about the Squid Game, or you finished? No, no, no. That's that's all I really wanted to say. Ah, so shall we talk a little about Caspar uh, Noé? Yeah. It's a short film. No, it's just over an hour. Mm-hmm. Abnormally short and very effective. This I'm talking about his newest film, Caspar Noé's Lux Eterna. Mm-hmm. in last year 2020 and I only saw it now a few weeks ago so it's is it's about uh, making a film about witches mm-hmm. they are making a film of witches mm-hmm. and it's so perfect so perfect it's 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 amazing I don't know what to say really it's so I was just watching it like with mouth open the whole thing. It Charlotte Gainsborough makes her life performance here, mm-hmm. and another woman Beatrice Dahl, mm-hmm. uh, two French women. So they they like it's kind of a they, he has shared the screen into two and the whole thing you see like in two mm. same time two and uh, he always t- finds something new completely something new which yeah. i haven't seen before so that's that's i'm so grateful for mm. somebody like that and with with every complete honesty anything mm. And the people talk honest, and they are honest, and they undress, and they go around naked, and they, you know, because they are changing clothes there and things. Mm-hmm. They're acting so honestly. And yeah. and then there's this film is a point about women's women. He, I see, I think that it's his comment on me too. And also mm. the subject when you think about the witches that well yeah. witches in the Middle Ages did it finish? No, it's still here today. <laughs> yeah, witch hunting and yeah, okay. Making uh, you can do anything to women and get get uh, free from it. Ah, yeah, in that sense. In okay. any condition, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's his comment, and I appreciate that very much. His honesty. Mm-hmm. He's just giving it like wow. So it's like a better version of promising a woman or something like that, about the uh, violence. That's a real towards. one. That's, that's <laughs> a real one, but so, that's but nobody. It didn't even get. I think seventy percent of Rotten Tomatoes or something. Mm-hmm. It didn't get hundred. I don't know why it can't get hundred percent. And okay, maybe it's considered that a man doing a film about mm, this kind of like know. promising a woman is. Uh, I don't really know why this promising a woman got so. I feel like people. It's an easy movie to get to get behind because it's a it's an it's a movement movie. Like yeah, let's you know it's yeah, about it's me too, time. and it's an easy movie to to get. And then oh, it has this death that kind of feels, but you know it's just yeah. But this Kaspar Noé is not an easy movie. Actually, mm. you know, I watched it with my hands over my eyes half of the way. Mm-hmm. It was just too much and I had to watch it. I had to watch all of it. I don't want to miss any of it, but I couldn't watch it. So I covered my eyes mm. and somehow in the between I had to watch it. Yeah, I can, I can kind of share a little bit of my 
my uh, experiences currently with the uh, Kaspar No because I I have a long history with him. Like oh. I yeah, yeah. um I did the kind of a retrospective marathon of Kaspar No. I decided uh, all his to films. I decided uh, to go back and watch like all of his films. Oh, like I did now with Wong Kar Wai. Yeah. yeah. So but what what kind of kind of came out of that was this I I was able to kind of reassess and kind of compare it against my memory. You know, of of how it felt when I was young and how it how I how it stands up nowadays. So then um Then I had this aspect where I start to see that I, I start to feel like his attention to storytelling and script-wise started to get a little bit loosened up the more I watched his movies, like on the later later side. Like he has a very strong character-driven script and story with I Stand Alone. Irreversible uh, starts to kind of The, the, the script and story it's not anymore dialogue driven or character driven it's an event driven mm. you know it's an event that you see unfold and you have this character and you have not a lot of they have these dialogues between and everything but whatever uh, and enter the void is is already a kind of a psychedelic experience you know there's hardly any real dialogue you know you are just like experiencing the the event it's not even an event anymore you are literally the character seeing it from their point of view mm -hmm. and you're just reincarnating basically having this psychedelic experience you know and it's just kind of cinematically visualizing how that experience might feel like when you don't have any more like real characters to hook up on and everything the into the void becomes a kind of a challenging watch just for for your energy to kind of keep up with the experience mm -hmm. the ride yeah. that you are on and, and stuff i still enjoy many of those things the, the beginning of the film is very strong and but at some point it starts a little bit repeat itself you know it's, mm -hmm. it's not so strong on the second watch and by climax I started to kind of have a little bit uh, lose my faith in him as a film director. Ah, for me it gets stronger every yeah, time. Yeah, it's interesting that you were so saying about this. Uh, But this, this, this one, this last, so well. this looks eternal. It looks like a document, documentary. Mm -hmm. But it's not a documentary. They, they, he actually has a script, a screenplay, and they are, because I know that those people are not doing this. Uh, it's, but it is showing out like if you don't know what it's. So you think it's it's kind of a documentary. Yeah. And that's the point in it. To to say, and it's it hits really on the nail so yeah so if i can like kind of give a very short review of climax which i i looked uh, for very much i had very high expectations i was very much looking because the whole premise and the whole idea that Casper no does this like it he's he has this amazing way of like exploding the film in front of you 
like with the with the text the titles and everything i love i love all that like he has such yeah. a, I, I love his technical filmmaking uh, goals and ideas that he has like as a filmmaker he's very very uh talented very. and so the idea with the climax is that it's like it's kind of concentrated on this one evening dance evening with the with this group that are uh, that that have a spiced cocktail with LSD, so they are all tripping, and we are just kind of observing really this one evening that unfolds with these tripping characters and stuff. And it's there's this one, there's in the beginning there's like this one ten minute opening scene, just takes one, ten, but then the the beginning of the film, really in the end is there's there's a lot of editing also, and it's just going back and forth with these characters and kind of setting them up and everything so we kind of understand their inner workings and their characters and personalities and stuff but then the whole goal of the end part of the film like the most of the film is that it all appears as this one shot moment like what the Gaspar noting that he has done so far with all of his films like this is what he's trying to perfect and it's very extremely well made and everything but there was um the there's this very very big fundamental problem with the film that really prevented me from really really getting to that level of i think what Caspar no was trying to do because he has this big technical goal of like okay we are one shot moment kind of which is not really one so but it's like you are in the moment and you cannot get out and it's like a nightmare and the whole idea of the film is that they are experiencing this nightmare it's horrible it's horrifying and they're all like fighting their demons and they're all like tripping and it's like like uh, the ending of suspiria or something you know it's like this horrifying hor- it's a yeah. horror kind of <laughs> And we are the one we are following one main character basically, like mostly, like her thing. And there is some pretty cruel and kind of horrifying moments and stuff like this. There is even like a small child and child and stuff like this. It's really um, un- uncomfortable in some parts. But the main fundamental problem is that we are always outside of these characters, observing them. And we are not tripping in any way. So we are just... Basically, the whole f- the problem with the film is that um, we are just watching people tripping. And we are not experiencing the horror. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm just looking at somebody else experiencing horror. Yeah, yeah. I that's know not exactly. horrifying. That's, that's not... Uh, yeah. You know... So I'm just flying around this film and just watching mm. people being crazy. And at some point I just start to kind of get bored because oh. this is not horrifying. This is just craziness. Oh. This is just people acting crazy. This is not, I'm not, I don't know their demons. I don't know what they are going through. I don't, I'm not experiencing the psychedelic trip that yeah. they are having. I'm just yeah, seeing yeah. crazy people. And that's, it's such a mis. Mis, uh, miscalculated 
idea for the premise that he kind of didn't consider that audience is not there inside their head. Mm. So, for example, so, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it says that I've, I've been thinking about exactly this thing now in the last few days myself, because mm. we had to read in the book circle, we had to read poems. So there were two poems. For the first one, I felt it's, I'm in it, like, like it's, I, it's my life. Mm-hmm. What I'm reading there, it's just my life, and that's it. I'm what my feelings are, because the poems are feelings. And then the other one was just that what you explained that it's a kind of a bubble where the writer is in herself, yeah. and I'm not there, and I don't want to be. It's not my life. It's not my circle, my bubble. It's not at all my bubble. I could like it maybe to be my bubble, but it's not. So I can't stand it. I think yeah. it's it's uh, what you call cheating. And the yeah. other one is just wonderful. It's I have to write it down. It's my poem. It's yeah. my poem. <laughs> I think Dini. a good good example would be to give this like imagine that the father movie. So yeah. you can do it two ways. You can make it like mm. how it is. So we are inside his head. We experience the horror as he experiences. Yeah. Or we, we could make we it do. like like how Caspar No made climax and just shoot Anthony Hopkins for an hour being crazy. But you will yeah, not understand a, uh, why mm. how he is feeling. How what is the horror that he's going through. But you're just seeing you are Anthony seeing, you are seeing like you are always seeing demented people or Alzheimer patients being just out of out of here and not really yeah, here. Yeah. And that's the problem with it. And he, I see that his next film is going very interestingly is going uh-huh. to be called Vortex. Which is about the last days of an elderly couples that have dementia. <laughs> so we will see. That will be interesting how yeah. he will do it compared to yeah. this uh, French guy, what was his name? This one who made this father. He's really good. Uh, yeah. But it so was Anthony Hopkins who did he, it. He will fail if he does it like Climax. He has to understand that we have to get be inside their head for this horror. Yeah, and but maybe, I, we, maybe so, we will interesting. be surprised. Kaspar Kla- Noh does his camera work is absolutely marvelous. Yeah. He 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 under he really understands how to use a camera, yeah. and I wish he would be more creative, like even more creative. Like I wish he could take what father did and apply mm. that to his films, yeah. and not not keep us always in this literal form. Mm. That even even oh, Enter the Void tries to create the psychedelic experience as a literal experience of. That we are this non-continuous flying camera, you know. He yeah. tries to do that after irreversible. He became like obsessed with that yeah. one shot. Let's stick our camera into it. But but movies like the father that we saw. What what was the magic from the very beginning of movies is editing. Uh, yeah. You can cut the scene, yeah. and when the father understands the importance of the cut. You know, and that simple trick 
You didn't have ah. to do any camera work. It's ah. already more magical than in the end what Gaspar Noe did in Climax, you know, with all so that I, innovation and, you know, that's my yeah. problem. I've I seen that what you talk about in Chunking Express, for instance, or other Wong Kar movies, it's exactly that, that there is right, just right to cuts and you are in there, you are, you are in there. He, yeah, he achieves yeah. that. I, I had this criticism of the war movie, the 1917, that mm. also didn't understand the existence of the edit, edit the cut. It, mm. it was so obsessed with doing this non-stop. Yeah, it, fascinated it them by themselves. dramatic tension, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in the end. And it didn't really, it became like a cruise line. Then you compare, like I compared that film to Son of Saul, that also did very long takes, yeah. but it understood where to have the cut. What do you say about the Birdman? It's, uh, yeah, what to say about Because there is also, it goes along, 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 a big circle. Kind of a surrealist yeah. film in the end, Yeah. sort of. But did they but, cut uh, or not? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't I don't remember it that well. But fascinating how hard it is to make films, yeah. I, I would I would keep in mind Son of Soul. That really understood why why is there that cut? It wasn't trying to be like let's just follow this with a with a one to one yeah. time frame. You know, yeah. and like be f literally he and it understood that that what's the meaning of cut. Yeah. And um, yeah. so, uh, for Vortex will be very interesting. Uh, very will be, will be. And I like in what how you explained the Casper no having the split screen, that then you like watching wow. two films yeah. in the set. Something I like new. this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, something new when, completely. When yeah. uh, Xavier Dolan made Mummy, yeah. I was it was absolutely like I think that was again one movie that completely reinvented like cinematic language yeah um, absolutely yeah. amazing way of mm -hmm. understanding like how how to use aspect ratio by itself yeah. like aspect ratio yeah. is part of the, the, the storytelling language of that film yeah. it's amazing very simple yeah. things that have always exi existed so you know? this this Kaspar did this uh, splitting of the of the screen it was, it was so that he, it was the same people in the same time together, but he split the screen. Yeah. Wow! And it was kind of a, it made the effect. Wow! Yeah, indeed. Well, uh, we talked a lot about movies. Okay. Yeah, that was interesting. It, we got a lot out of our chests. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that was it. This time. Yeah, that was it, and we'll see each other next time. Yeah, with okay. some interesting subject. Okay, so thank you. Thank you. And goodbye. Goodbye.